Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Morning, everybody. Great day to be in church. Is that right? Better than out surfing. Uh, open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I like to minister what God's dealing with me about. How many of you believe there's a considerable pressure coming on, the, on life and the world? One thing that I realize um, is that uh, if you don't have a real relationship with the Lord, pressure of life will find you out real quick. You can coast for a while, but eventually the the pressures of life will, will catch up with you. And here in Ephesians chapter 3, the great apostle Paul writes in verse 8, to me whom the least of all the saints, I love that. Huh. I mean, this man only wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, changed millions of lives, and he says, I'm the least of all. Is that right? I'm the least, I, I love it. God help us, where does that leave us today then? Is that right? This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things through Christ Jesus, to the intent, what intent? That now the manifold wisdom of God might be known to the church. that awesome? Hello? Yeah. The manifold wisdom of God. Yeah. Not man's wisdom, God's wisdom. Is that right? to the principalities and powers in heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access and confidence through faith in him. Verse 13, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulation for which is your glory. You know, I travel a lot. A lot of people are losing heart. Is this the right to be real? You can't deal with a problem if you don't even first identify it. But I just see people, you know, giving up on life, giving up on marriage, giving up on ministry. Some, as I say, even giving up ultimately on life and just taking their own lives. Just, just giving up. He's talking about not losing heart. You know, think about it today. Fear, depression, suicide, drugs, ice, domestic violence, terrorists, what's going on in Paris right now. Then you get people on Facebook giving you a hard time. <laughs> I love it, just unfriend them. Anyway. <laughs> but you know, it's easy to lose heart. It really is to lose heart. He says here in verse, verse 14, for this reason I bow my knee. For what reason? Well, English context is that the reason that you don't lose heart. For this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's going to pray. The great apostle Paul is going to pray something. I like that. Going to pray for you and for me. He says, For the whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. How'd you like to be strengthened with might? For this reason that you don't lose heart, I pray that you be strengthened. Breaks down to infusion of power, charging up your battery. Is that good or what? I mean, this is only the Apostle Paul writing this. Hello. Do you think he might have gone through a few, a few problems? I mean, hello, just maybe a few people were mean to him. 
I mean, he's just beaten up, stoned, that's not marijuana, left for dead. I believe he was dead. I believe they prayed him back from the dead. I mean, is that awesome? He talks about shipwrecked and beaten up and stoned and whipped. He prays for us that we might not be discouraged, that we might not lose heart. Is that right? In, he talks about, you know, that infilling of power. What does it mean to lose heart? You know, students of the word, the Greek word is ekakeo. It conveys the idea of not becoming weary or tired of doing something, even if it's good. It talks about not losing heart, not giving up, not running away, not to think that all is lost. It talks about not to lose enthusiasm or to lose heart, to grow weary, not to flag or faint, not to grow slack, not to despair. One translation even says not to become a coward. But I like the way the Aussies put it, don't throw in the towel. Yeah. I like that. Just don't throw in the towel. It's always too soon to quit. Is that right or not? You know, a friend in ministry just recently contacted us and his wife of 25 years just walked out on him. He's devastated, lost his ministry, family. You know, what do you say to people like that? No shortage of preaching, message. What do you say? How do you tell, talk to people not to lose heart? He talks about, Paul says, I pray for this reason that you might be infused with power and strength. And then he goes on to say that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith that you're being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what's the width, the length, the depth, the height. Four dimensions are mentioned there. Is that right? The fourth dimension is the dimension of the Spirit. Anybody ever read Yonggi Cho's book on the fourth dimension? The dimension of the Spirit. He says, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what's the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of God, Christ which passes knowledge. So there's some things that your brain is not going to be able to understand. Read it all you like. It's going to have to come, is that right, from your spirit man. I'm not talking about behavior modification, but genuine heart transformation. God doesn't speak to your head. He speaks to your heart. Can I have an amen? That's why it needs to be a heart transformation. Is that right? It's not the power of positive thinking. It's genuine heart transformation. He says here, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Is that right? Now to him is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. But it breaks back, it comes back to being infused with power, filled again. You know, in Acts chapter 4, uh, sorry, Acts chapter 2 verse 4, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter 4 verse 31, the same people are filled again. In Acts chapter 13, verse 52, this time they're filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're also filled with joy. You know, I like that. I was wondering why it was in the last, the joy was added. Why, what happened the first two times? But you see, up until around Acts chapter 12 or 13, Peter is the predominant ministry. Peter has no revelation of grace. He's got a revelation who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. He's got his foot in his mouth. He's in love with his mirror. But in Acts 12 or 13, along comes the Apostle Paul and preaches the gospel of grace. And now they're not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but they're filled with joy as well. Because now I, I realize I don't have to do it myself. It's not striving and stressing and pushing and shoving. Hello? Hello? Is that right or not? And you get that revelation of how much God loves you. I tell you, you know, you get a revelation. It's too late to tell us. Is that right? I mean, don't shake my tree. I'm happy. Leave me in my ignorance. You get a revelation of God's grace. How are you going to 
are you going to talk me out of that? You know, I was sitting in a church in Singapore years ago. I hear the voice of God say to me, I love you. I even like you. Is that right? And when, and when I confess my sin, it's not when he found out about it. He's known us from the womb. Known us all of our lives. I still love you. I even like you. Is that awesome or what? And so a revelation of the grace of God, the love of God, just a revelation of the love of God. Imagine actually taking it to a world that desperately needs that. Is that right or not? But I love what he's talking about, being filled with the Spirit in the inner man, an infusion of strength. Is that right? Having your battery charged up. Can I borrow your, your iPhone again there, please, Pastor? I forgot to bring mine. Here's an awesome piece of equipment. You know, think of this technology. You can contact anybody on the planet. Just a few years ago, we were still sending smoke signals. Is that right or not? Think about this. This is an awesome piece of technology. You know, is that right or not? I can talk to anybody on the planet. Think of yeah. President of the United States. Ring him up in Afghanistan. How's that thing going over there? Not only that, is that right? you've, got, if you've got a camera and Facebook, take photos, yeah. flash them all over the world. The average person today takes 40 minutes of selfies a week. I'm not making it up. Really. Don't you even know what you look like yet? Hello? <laughs> Six minutes of selfies a day. And fl- Hello, I'm just the only generation that's ever done that. Is that right? I feel a love's coming from the young people. But you know, if I get the apps, I can go on Google Maps. I can find out where I'm at. It tells me when I'm lost. Is that right? I don't need this. I'm married to Sister Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm joking. I love it. But I can Google. I can actually find out where I am. I can go on the, the satellite. I can see my house. There's my dog. <laughs> is that right? Molly. Is that right? Think about this. I can, if I've got the apps, I can get the weather. I can get the stock market. What an awesome piece of technology. But if the battery goes flat, it's a useless piece of junk. It's an expensive piece of junk, but it's still junk. What can I do with this if there's no battery? Use it for a doorstop? Do I ring up, hello, Mr. Apple, there's something wrong with your phone? He'll say, here's a novel idea. Did you charge the battery? Hello. Is that right or not? And we're not even talking about phones and batteries. We're talking about life. Within us, is that right, is everything we'll ever need. Jesus Christ has paid the price once and for all. Doesn't the Bible says we're redeemed from the curse? Is that right? We're already healed, not going to be, but by his strength. Is that right? All of this is already here. It's already, the apps are already here. But if you let your battery go flat, you can't access that. He's talking about the wisdom of God, accessing the wisdom of God. So let's just look at this, you know, in a day and age where Paul's writing about not losing hope. Is that right? Go to Jude with me. Jude, up the back, almost um, to the back of the book. There's only one chapter in Jude and verse 20. How many of you believe the Bible? In Jude chapter 20, it says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Charging up your battery, edifying, building up. I can do something on purpose. Is that right? To charge up my spirit. I don't know about you, but I love that. Is that awesome or what? Well, whoopee, what time's this idiot finishing? So we can go home. Listen, whether you make it in not in life may not be down to how brilliant you are or whether you can preach, sing or tap dance. It may come down to understanding on whether or not how you can be infused with power. That you don't lose heart in this day and age. Can I have an amen? You know, I was just thinking about that. I'm remembering Paul's prayer. What's Paul's prayer? Paul is praying, is that right? This, for this reason, I bow my knee that you don't lose heart. 
that you might be infused. Go to 1 Corinthians with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. How many of you believe the Bible? You know, I know all sorts of things have been said about tongues and it's of the devil. Can I tell you? It's the language of the Holy Spirit. It's not just gibberish. It is a language. The Bible calls it a language. When Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the evening, they spoke. I wonder what language they spoke. I don't think it was English. Is this too deep or what? There's a language they're communicating with God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Is that right? No one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Is that awesome or what? Are you telling me that I can do something on purpose that I can actually communicate with the creator of the universe? I don't got to go through a high priest. Hello, I feel a love. I don't have to have a prayer shawl on. I don't have to go through the Pope. I can do something on purpose to communicate with the creator of the universe. Is that right or not? In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Is this correct or not? I love that. I don't met you. Think about that. Communicating with the creator of the universe. Is that right? A little person like me. In the Old Testament, they couldn't do that. But now through the Holy Spirit. Hello, is that right? He goes on to say in verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself charges himself up. Is that right? Charges up his battery when it's going flat. You're feeling a little bit down. Is that right or not? He talks about praying in the Holy Ghost, charging up your spirit man. I don't know about you. I love that. You know, I've got a new book up there, Praying in the Spirit. And here is some of the people that talk about what difference praying in tongues has made. Who's ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? And he raised 20 people from the dead. He relied implicitly upon the Holy Spirit for every phase of his ministry. He certainly sought to live in the Spirit and to be led of the Spirit. The gift of tongues was a priceless treasure to him. And many times every day, many times every day, it says here, went out in love and adoration to God, not in defiled languages of the earth, but in the Holy Spirit-given language of love that God had so graciously given to him. Is that awesome or what? Pastor Joseph Prince, when we first went there, had 100 people, 32,000 people now. 32,000 people. He says here, God showed me back in 1993 when I was praying in the Holy Ghost, he says, I was praying for my future church. You can talk about Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagen, or John G. Lake talking about tongues, what difference it made in their lives. It talks about edifying, building up. Is that right or not? Think about that. Just some of the benefits of praying in tongues. I don't know about you, but I love it. Listen to this. The first gift of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost affected your tongue. Not healing. I'm not, not, the first gift on the day of Pentecost, is this correct or not? Affected their tongues. Science has proven that we use less than one-tenth of our brain's capacity. So what's the remaining nine-tenths there? Is it possible the gift of tongues is the key to unlocking God's ability that's within us? For when we speak, in tongues, we speak directly to God. Can I have an amen or what? Some people are looking at me real strange. Go to Genesis with me, Genesis chapter 11. I like Genesis. I did a book on the, you know, the power of the, the godly imagination. There's so much power in the imagination. No, I'm not talking about New Age. I'm talking about New Testament, all right? In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, the whole earth had one language. I wonder what the language was. No, I don't believe it's Hebrew. I'll prove it to you later. One speech. I wonder what the language was. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east and they found a plain in the land of Shino. They dwelt there. And then they said, 
Now to one another, come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come let's build ourselves a city, a tower whose top reaches into the heavens. We can't even do that today. Here's a bunch of heathens, is that right? And let's make a name for ourselves unless we're scattered abroad over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men have built. And the Lord said, I didn't say, the Lord said, indeed the people are one, and indeed they have one language, and this which they now begin to do, and nothing which, is that right, which they propose, I like the, t- the translation imagine, yetzer in Hebrew, nothing which they have imagined to do will be withheld from them. Here's a bunch of heathens, and God says because they see the same thing and they say the same thing, if we don't confound the language, they'll do it. Could we possibly use it to build the church today if heathens could do that? I wonder what the language was. You know, I'm not being smart, but I wonder. I believe it was tongues. I'll I'll show you why. I believe it was the gift of speaking in tongues. How many of you know on the day of Pentecost, everybody heard their language? Isn't isn't that right? They heard it translated. But, but they were speaking in tongues, one accord in one place. There is a key there, one accord. I was sharing in the first service. I remember when we were trying to build our church in Darwin, and God really spoke to me. We had about 100 people at the time, and we had a building that seated 700 people. And we just believe in God. You know, nothing seemed to be growing. And so the Lord spoke to me about seeing and saying the same thing. We'd have our prayer meetings. Is this too deep? What? Hello? You know, you go to the average prayer meeting, somebody's praying for Afghanistan, some's praying for Timbuktu, they're praying for Aunt Gert and the dog and the fleas on the dog. Everybody's doing their own thing. Do I lie or what? Everybody's just doing their own thing. How do you bring them into one accord when you start to pray in the Holy Ghost? And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you get up and you get them all locked in for, the, for praying for the church. At that time, we had a combined service. We had seven, 800 people from all the churches in Darwin got up. And as I got up, the Spirit of God said, now you can see it. Now you start to get them to say it. We started praying the Holy Ghost and I started to see my church just explode. Wow. If, if heathens can do it, why can't we? Is that right? The problem is a lot of time we're not in one accord. I feel a lot now with one language. Think about it, the day of Pentecost. You've got Jews and Gentiles agreeing. The only time, is that right? And they come together in one accord with one language. Think about it. First gift of the Holy Spirit. And so here, he says, unless we confound their language, they'll be able to do that. Go to Zephaniah with me, right up the back here. This will test you out. Is that right? Zephaniah, I think it's up there. If you've got a Holy Bible, it's about page 1272. Anyway, but in Zephaniah chapter 3, and now he begins to prophesy, and this is what he says in verse 9. He says, For then I will restore to the people a pure language. Not create it, I'll restore it. So it must have been here somewhere first. I'll restore a pure language. You think it was Hebrew? No, it talks about a pure language. No language of this earth is pure. It's all defied, some sort of swear words. Is that right? But I'll restore a pure language, he says. They may all call on the name of the Lord to serve him with what? With one accord. Isn't that describing the day of Pentecost? I don't know about you, but I love that. So think about this at our, at our beck and call. What's the only gift that you can turn on at your will? Is tongues. There's no other gift that you can make work. Is that right or not? Talk about it. Prophecy? No, I don't think so. Healing? No. Only one that's... Is that right or not? And Paul actually says to Timothy, is that stir up the gift. Stir up the gift, the charisma, he says. 
which I, is that right, which, was a, which you received when I laid hands on you? Is that right? What would be the gift when I laid hands, tongues, baptism in the Holy Spirit? He says, stir it up. More better translation, fan the flames again, he says. Stir it up, do it. You know, I don't mean to be rude, but so often now, most people, I find the church don't even pray in tongues. I, I, I was doing a service last Sunday night, young girl, five years in the Lord, came out, baptism in the Holy Spirit, never heard of it in her life. Never even heard the term filled with the Holy Spirit. Five years in a Pentecostal church. You know, there's something wrong. You know, we don't have time. You don't have time not to. Get up earlier. Go to bed later. Go without your lunch. Is that right? Do something. Even if you, is that, even driving in your car. Is that right? Did you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit? What? Charging up your spirit, man. Building up. Doing something on purpose. Is that right? To charge up. Anyway, thank you for your enthusiasm. I don't mean to be rude. I'm leaving later. But we are lazy. We are lazy people. Well, me. Hello? Before I was saved, man, I, you know, I was selfish. I was just a selfish mongrel. I was just so self-centered. But I tell you, when you get saved, the Spirit of God begins to search out your heart. Is that right? Talk about the, I mean, just think about the grace of God. Where would we be without the grace of God? Many of us would be dead or in jail. Is that right? Oh, hello. Just the simple grace of God. Anyway, so here he's talking about, is that right? I'll restore, is that right? To serve with one accord. I love it. And I was just thinking about that. So what would be the language? Adam and Eve speaking with God. What would be the language? I believe it was tongues. No, it's not gibberish. It is a language. You know, here, if I can get the page, I'll quote you. I like this. This is actually written by a, a professor, a doctor, and it's actually in the New York Times. And they did this experiment when people were praying in tongues. The leader, it says here, we noticed the number of changes that occurred functionally in the brain. Our finding of decreased activity in the frontal lobes during speaking in tongues is fascinating because these subjects uh, truly believe they were in the Spirit and speaking to God. Our brain imaging research shows that these subjects are not in control of their usual language centers during this activity, which is consistent with the description or lack of intentional control while speaking in tongues, when they prayed in tongues, their frontal lobes of their brain, if you've got one, hello, the willful part of the brain we used to think and control what we do went quiet. So now they're not controlling the language. It's got to be coming from somewhere else, from your spirit. Can I have an, The language center of the brain, the part we use to speak in our native language, went quiet as well. The people were not in a trance. They were fully aware of what was happening, but the researchers were unable to pinpoint which part of the brain was controlled because it was coming from somewhere else. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're speaking directly to God. The creator of the universe. This is almost too hard to comprehend. Is that right or not? Think about it. Can you afford not to spend time? Commun I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. I'm not that smart. Hello? Maybe you are, but I'm not. And I like that. So the first miracle affects, affects the, the, the speaking ability, the tongue. But not only that, we're talking about you know, stress and, and what's coming on the earth. Go to Isaiah chapter 28. You know, we live in an age of stressful time. Is that right? Think about the word disease, disease. Split it up. That's what the word means, disease. Think about hypertension. Split it up, extra tension. Is that right or not? And so here in Isaiah chapter 28... Again, he says this, and I love it, verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he'll speak to the people, this people, to whom he said, this is the rest 
with which you may cause the weary to rest. Anybody need some rest? Anybody need some peace? Hello, is that right? And says, yet they would not hear. Isn't that the age and day that we live in now? You know, I was just thinking about this. You know, psychiatrists, I read, I read in, in uh, Time magazine some time ago, the stress levels today equal the mental patients of the 1950s. So what's considered normal today, you were a nutcase back in the 50s. That'll make you feel good. But today it's normal and accepted just to pop pills. Nothing unusual to pop pills. Tranquilizers, blood, whatever it else it is. Is this correct? Hello, do I like? Rattling for kids. We were in the United States a few years ago, maybe five years ago. I had to go to the dentist. And so they sat down before they gave me the Novocaine or something. They said, what medication? And I said, I'm not on any. The nurse went and got the dentist and they came back and said, you're not on any medication? I said, no. They couldn't believe it. I'm not making it up. They couldn't believe I'm on no. I said, no, I'm not on any medication. Hello? Like, is it some big deal or something? Thank you for your enthusiasm. Is that right? But, you know, it's just considered complete normal. Pop pills, sleeping pills, uppers and downers or whatever else you want to take. You know, Brian Houston was sharing, so I'm not, he actually shared on television that he was addicted to sleeping pills. For many years, he couldn't break the addiction. This is the, hello, this is the creative hill song. I'm thinking, dear God, where do we live anymore? Is that right or not? But I found, anyway, I, I was amazed to find out, what do I do with that book? Here it is. But I was amazed to find there was another experiment they did, that when they prayed in tongues, one of the things that reduced the stress and it reduced the blood pressure. Anybody need that? My wife will verify, uh, maybe a month, five weeks ago, I went to the doc, and my blood pressure was up, and he said, well, you've got two choices. I can put you on medication, he says, and but these are the side effects. Hello? And I said, well, thank you, but no. What I'm going to do is I'll watch my diet, I'll exercise, but I would just go and I'd lay down and pray in the Holy Ghost. In one week, I'm not making it up, one week my blood pressure dropped 20 points. 20 points in one week. Isn't that what it's talking about? This is the rest. This is the refreshing. What is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28? It says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me, is that right? All you who labor and are heavy laden and I what, give you pills? Psychiatrist, I'm not knocking it. That's where you get your help. Hello, I'm just saying there's a better way. What do I do? Now, this is what I do. I'm not saying you have to do it. But you see, when we passed it in Darwin, hey, we were the Kenneth Copeland cult of Darwin. Most people wouldn't have had me on their finger for a wart. So what am I going to do? I can't go and talk to somebody else. So I'd have to lock myself up. I'm going through a major, major crisis in my church. I nearly lost my church. And so I would get up early and I'd pray in the tongues, in tongues two, three, four hours every day. I didn't say you did. And I would go and I'd lay on the floor and after a while I'd notice my breathing is starting to get heavy. How many of you know that God breathed into you the breath of God? Yeah. Breath. Is this correct? Pneuma in Greek? Yeah. Ruach in Hebrew. It's got something. I, I was amazed to find recently. Now, they've, they've actually found now that if you can control your breathing, you can reduce your blood pressure. Now, I'm not going new age. I'm just telling you what I read. It's a proven fact. So you imagine I'm lying out there, and the first thing, you know, this is what happens, the phases I'd go through. First of all, I'm bored. I am bored. You know, my head's going, what is this rot you're going on with? This is not even really God. You're just making the whole thing up. Is that right or anybody else? And I'm going on and on. I'm, I'm bored. Let's read a book. Let's make a phone call. I could think of all the other things. Mow the lawn. Go to the toilet. Go to the dunny. Anything's better than this. 
but I stayed with it. And I kept pressing on. And eventually I broke through to a realm that my mind started to shut down. I was amazed. The next thing is relaxation starts to come. The peace of God. You know, all of a sudden, man, I'm going loose as a goose. I mean, I'm just like this. And then my nose, my breathing is getting heavier and heavier. Hello? The next thing I find, I'm asleep. I don't even mean to be asleep. I'm asleep. The next thing, I'm snoring. Jan comes in and gives me a kick or something. Oh, wake up. And now I feel guilty. <laughs> and the Spirit of God said, hey, snap out of it. This is the rest you're looking for. Don't fight it. Go with it. Hello. Most of us get all guilty. No, I just go with it. I'm out like a light now. I'm off with the fairies. Hello. But after 10 minutes, I'd wake up and I was refreshed. Like I slept all night. Now I can pray in the Holy Ghost. Then I'd find after that, my ne the next thing that I'd go through the phase was creativity. And now I start to get revelation from God. All of a sudden, the mysteries of God. How come I never saw that before? I was trying to work it out with my head. All of a sudden, answers to prayers, answers to questions that, I, that were there all the time. I just couldn't see it. How come most of the time, is that right? Do we, shall we be... Brutally honest, most of us are on transmit to God. We don't ever give him a chance to speak to us. What do you want me to do, God? Well, shut up and be a good place to start. Hello, is that right? Be still and know that I'm God. You be still before the knowing comes. Is that right? No, we're on. Give me, give me. What are we going to do? What do we want to do? No, just shut up for a few minutes. Pray in the Holy Ghost, then shut up and listen. Is that right? Keep a pad and pencil and all sorts of words and revelations start to come. Is that right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? As a time of creativity, songwriters, that's when they get it. They don't get their songs. They get them in the middle of the night when they're asleep. Why? Because it's coming out of the spirit, man. I can do that on purpose. I can pray. I can do something on purpose to access the wisdom of God, to shut down the stress in my life. Hello, anybody else? If I'm driving along, coming up today, you know, there's two 18-wheeler rigs alongside of me. I'm just praying in the Holy Ghost. Man, as a peace just drops over you, I'm happy as a, you know, I'm not thinking, oh, if they'll get a tire blow here, we're all going to be squashed up, man, spaghetti on the road. I'm just driving between the big rigs. I'm happy. Hello. I don't bet you I like that. He's talking about being filled again, that you don't lose hope. Is that right or not? For this reason, I pray he talks about. Think about that over and over. I like that. You know, as I say, talking about reducing your blood pressure, your stress levels. The Hebrew word for rest is demand, which conveys the idea of being still that you can hear from God. The word for Hebrew for healing is Rapha, Jehovah Rapha. But that comes from a root word which means to relax. Be still. Come to me, all you who are what heavy laden, and I'll what? I'll give you rest. How do I come to God? You know, we say things. How do I come? I lay on the floor and I pray in tongues. I'm communicating with God. That's how I come to the Lord. Is that right or not? It tells me I'm speaking directly to the creator of the universe. I'm coming and all that peace and stuff. You know, it stops the effort, striving, pushing, shoving, all that. I'm accessing the wisdom of God. How many of you believe you need the wisdom of God or this is just me? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we won't be able to read it all, but let me read it to you from the Amplified and we'll pick it up in verse 10. It says, Yet to us God has revealed, unveiled, and revealed them by and through His Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even the soundings, the profound, the bottomless things of God. As I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm accessing the wisdom of God. It goes on to say, the divine counsels, the things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. For what person knows or perceives and understands what passes through a man's thought except the man's own spirit within him? We don't even know what we believe ourselves half the time. Go home and hit your hand with a hammer. You'll know real quick what's in your spirit. (laughs) A lot of us, I'm not being rude. We just say things most of us don't even believe. If, If we had everything we said we actually believed, we'd be dead. That thrilled me to death, bang, dead. If you believed it, you'd be dead. Scared me to death, bang, dead. Obviously, you don't believe it or we would be dead. Isn't it good that God hasn't put us to the place if you believe it and say it, it comes straight away. We'd always kill each other. He goes on to say here, is that right or not? He goes on to say, now we have not received the spirit of the world, but, this, but the Holy Spirit who is from God, given to us that we might, we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts the divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. Is that awesome? And we are setting these truths forth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught to us by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truth with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. But the natural, the non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings, the evaluations of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, meaningless nonsense to him. You talk to most Aussies about the Spirit, they think you're talking about Jack Daniels and Johnny Walker. (laughs) You know, think about it. I mean, a whole generation of our young people are growing up not knowing anything about the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Praise God, the great music and all, but they don't even know. Anyway, I don't know if that that, that concerns me anyway. You know, as I say here, I was going to read you what Ben Campbell Johnson writes here. He's got a paraphrase, which I like, and he says it this way. While we cannot explore the mystery by our own intellect, God has unveiled them to us by His Spirit. The Spirit penetrates everything, even the deep secrets hidden in the mind of God. Imagine if you had a friend that knows you more intimately than you know yourself. A friend that knows everything about you. But not only that, has access to the wisdom of God. And as you pray, He searches out your heart and finds out why you don't get your healing. Finds out why you can't, you know, there's no revelation of grace in your life or the love of God, whatever it is, searches out your heart and finds, and then begins to access the wisdom of God. Searching out the wisdom of God, his prayer is going to be answered. Is that right or not? The spirit truth. Could we afford to ignore a friend like that? Yet we do it every day of our lives. Turn the radio up louder, watch the TV, whatever it is, it is. You know, anyway. But he's talking about here accessing the wisdom of God. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Charging up your spirit. Man, I love it. Can I have an amen? You know, as I say here, we had people in our church in Darwin, and shared in the first session, when they came into my church, had no money at all. Hippies, remember the ferals? I'm politically correct as you can pick it up. Had no money at all. Not even money for a wedding. Today they're multi-millionaires. Multi-millionaires. And I taught for month after month on hearing the voice of God, being led of the Spirit. A lot of us are not led by the Spirit. We're just driven by our own flesh. Oh, thank you for your enthusiasm. There's a difference between just being driven by what you want to do and being led of the Holy Ghost. If you're driven, maybe it'll work, maybe you won't, but you're going to have to make it work. But if you're led of the Holy Ghost. 
And so, you know, I just shared, and, and, and these guys came to me, and they said, you know what, Pastor, most of the people in the church wouldn't even know what you preached last week. But they said, we listen, we take notes, we get their CDs and listen over and over. Remember CDs, anyway, back in the dark ages. Anyway, they said, Pastor, I have never missed a contract when I've heard the voice of God. Never missed a contract. They said, Pastor, I even know the amounts to quote on the contracts. He said, I've got to the place, he listened to me, he says, not because I'm smart, but I pray in the Holy Ghost and I've learned to access the wisdom of God. This contract, leave alone, go for this one. Quote, he said, I have never missed a government contract. Could you avoid? Was the Holy, Jesus said, I'll I'll send you another comforter, the spirit of truth, lead you, guide you. Now we want to be guided by prophets today. I'm not anti-prophet, but that in the New Testament, we should be led by the inner man, the inner witness and hear that voice for ourselves. A prophet can give you confirmation, but you need to hear God for yourself. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Romans chapter 8. Hello. And so I don't know about you, but accessing, spending time as I'm accessing the wisdom of God, man, it's shutting down the stress in my life. Blood pressure's coming down. Hello, anybody or just me? You know, quickly go with me to Acts chapter 3. A couple of scriptures and we'll close off. Acts chapter 3. You know, here again, the great... We just find the day of Pentecost has just taken place. God's affected their tongues. It's brought unity between Gentiles and Greeks. Uh, Gentiles and Jews, I should say. Is that right? And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19, he writes, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. Isn't that awesome? So what's he talking about here? He's talking about repenting. Does that mean come down the front, ball, squall, how, kick? People get up and walk away and there's no change whatsoever. Repent, metanoia, actually means to radically change the way you think. Radically change your direction, the way that you think. Then all of a sudden now I begin to get revelation how much God loves me just like I am. If I don't fast more or pray more or give more, it makes no... I mean, hello, I'm not saying don't do that, but it doesn't affect God. God loves me just like I am. Can I have warts and all? Can I have an amen or what? You know, anyway, and he's talking about, you know, times of refreshing. That breaks down here to, in Strong's, recovery of breath. (gasps) I can breathe again. Isn't that interesting? That Strong's translates it, recovery of breath. Able to breathe again, revive. I'm laying on the floor, times of refreshing just washing over me. I love it. I don't know about you. I love that. Go back to Ephesians again quickly, and we'll close off here in Ephesians and Paul's prayer. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulation, for which is for your glory, for this reason that you don't lose heart. I bow my knee to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. He goes on to say, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. When I receive that wisdom, it's no longer head knowledge. I actually have revelation of it. As Paul writes to Timothy in a, a pastoral letter to a young man, he says, stir up the gift. Fan it again. The only gift that you can do at your will is tongues. There's no other gift that you can turn on and off at your will, only the gift of tongues. I can lay down on the floor. This is just me. You don't have to do that. I start to pray in the Holy Ghost. 
I start to notice stress a little. My breathing gets heavy. I'm, not, I'm much more relaxed. It's charging up my spirit. Man, 10 minutes, I feel like I've slept all night. Let me borrow your phone again. Look at this wonderful piece of equipment. <laughs> I think I said in the first service, it might have been the second, I forget now, but I dropped mine in the toilet. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Got a new phone, you beauty. Look at this awesome piece of equipment. I can contact anybody on the planet. Anybody that's got a phone, I can contact on this. Yeah. I can take a photo here now. There you go, Dave. Flash it up on Facebook and it goes right around the planet. In what, 30 seconds? It's yeah. around the world. I can access, I can get apps on here and I can look, I can locate where I'm in, how to get to certain places, is that right or not? I can see my, by the satellite, I can see there's my house, I can get the weather, I can get the stock market, stock reports, whatever, awesome. But if the battery goes flat, it's useless. Totally useless. Even though the apps are still all there, I can't access them. The grace of God, the goodness of God. Everything you'll ever need for this planet is already here. The kingdom of God, it's called. Seek first the kingdom. All of these other things. Do I lie? Hello. It's already there. But you let the battery go flat. And you can't access it anymore. And now, is that right? We're open to the world. The stresses of the world, the worries of the world. I'm trying to work this thing out myself. I'm trying to make it happen myself. But I would just go aside and I come back to him. Is that right? Come to me, all you who are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Paul, David says, he restores my soul. Restore. How many of you need some restoration for your soul? Your nervous system. Is that right? You know, whatever's coming on the planet, think about those horrific things with the, with the terrorists in Paris. Things like that. I was listening yesterday. It says that people there are so, so traumatized that they can't even speak. Mm-hmm. See, people shot, they, they're so traumatized, they can't even relate. Wow. Think about that, the things that are coming on the planet. Ice. Hello? Domestic violence off the Richter scale. Losing two women a week to domestic violence. Drugs, our number one cause of death among our young people, forget about the road toll, it actually comes from, from drug addiction and suicide. My son's a detective in the Northern Territory. Domestic violence, suicide, is that right? Besides that, financial breakdown, all these terrible diseases. How do I handle that? Paul says, I pray that you don't lose heart. And for this reason, I bow my knee and I pray that you may be filled again infused with power in the inner man. I want you to stand. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at bramer.org.au.